Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In early mid-70s, Gwen Verdon, who was married to Bob Fosse, said, turn this into a musical and make me Roxy Hart, please. Ah, okay. And so he was like, okay. But it's it's the typical woman married to someone as incredible as she is to say, this is the perfect role for me. It's the perfect show for you. Let's join forces and put the show on. And I think that's fantastic. Welcome to the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. My name's Justin, or you can call me Stin. If you're a first-time listener, it's great to have you. And if you're returning to us, welcome back. On today's podcast, Chicago the Musical. What is its enduring quality, and how has it become the longest-running American musical? I sit down with my friend, director Amy Copeland of Soap Opera Productions, to discuss the history of Chicago the Musical, from its inception right up to Soap Opera's restaging of their previous sold-out season. We'll go deep into Chicago's roots, including the famous movie version, and also delve into the soap opera production company itself. Don't forget, you can easily find all of our content on your social media account by searching the hashtag TTPodcast. So, get those thoughts, jazz hands, and bowler hats ready, because it's time for another episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. We have Amy Copeland sitting with us today. Very famous Amy Copeland of Soap Opera Productions. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for the intro. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Jasmine. Didn't realise I was um, the famous Amy Copeland. That's horrible. <laughs> it's part of your, your whole title. I've seen it like on oh, your God. plugs, like the very famous Amy Copeland. <laughs> and that's where Terrific. I do my applause effect. I get the applause effect coming in. Actually, I do think I have an applause effect on here. It's a new thing. Hang on, let me see. Oh, so no. I can do it again. <laughs> I can do it all over again. Go. Oh, welcome to the podcast, the very famous Amy Copeland. <laughs> Good grief. Well, thank you. It's great to be here in my living room, staring into your, I think, living room. It's my little study. It's very messy at the moment. Um, so you, I have to apologize for that. So you are on today to discuss Chicago, the musical. Soap Opera Productions, for those who don't know, was established in 2008. That's your your production company um, run yes. by you and your family. So we're, we're going to just have a bit of a chat about Chicago. Um, so let's go all the way back to the beginning of Chicago. So it started as what was known as a musical vaudeville, um, directed by Bob Fosse, the very famous Bob Fosse, in 1975 on Broadway. Now, the production that you're putting on or you're reviving is actually of the revival of Chicago, not the original. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. The original Chicago was very um, cabaret-esque. 
Uh, so mm. obviously Fosse is so famous for his, his style of dancing and he both did Cabaret and Chicago and they have very similar veins where you immediately think bowler hats and white gloves. Um, and recently there was a revival of Chicago on Broadway, which kind of reinvented it, kept the Fosse style, but made it a little bit more stripped back and sexy um, and took away the the musical comedy kind of side of it. Um, but we've we've kept some of those elements from the original. We've kept some elements from the revival. We've put in some elements from the movie. It's kind of everything and anything um, <laughs> that we like. But I I think Chicago is one of those shows that, it's, it's constantly adapting and changing as well. And as long as you've got that root of that Fosse movement in there, I think you can't go wrong. Bob Fosse, for those who don't know, the way you would describe, the way I would describe his movements is that very sexy cabaret style, moving very slow, got a lot of shapes and architectures with the bodies, and then obviously chucking jazz hands at the end. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, he, he really focuses on isolating random parts of his body um, and he's so famous for this technique and I think he kind of started it so he could champion it and no one could tell him he was wrong. Because, um, you know, the dance world is just one of those terrifying worlds where everyone competes with each other and if you're not the best, you're not the best. Um, so he just spearheaded his own style of dancing where he was the best and it, it Anything you've learned about dancing ever, you have to forget it to, to be able to do a Fosse style. And you have to sit with your hips in a weird sort of jarred motion and you have to isolate just the, your torso and move it or your wrists stay limp. And it's it's so strange, but it's so beautiful to watch as well. When it's done right, it looks so spectacular. I think it really fits well with Chicago because when it first um, premiered on, on Broadway, you had Cheetah Rivera as Velma Kelly, Gwen Verdon as Roxy Hart and then Jerry Orbach as Billy Flynn. Now, I didn't realise, I knew Jerry Orbach before I knew Jerry Orbach because I watched Law and Order heaps and <laughs> I was like, this guy does all this, you know, oh, I'm going to search these bodies and get my coffee and go solve these murders. And then I saw him on Broadway and like a production, I was like, excuse me, who's this? And I didn't realise, <laughs> Jerry Orbach's is amazing performer. He's like the leading man of Broadway back in the day. Now, something I didn't know as well was that it's, Broadway's longest-running American musical. Yeah, take that, Cats. It totally knocks Cats out of the water, I think, in 2014, um, which for some people is probably horrific, but for some other people it's like, thank God. I went through a phase. I'm not going to lie. I went through a huge phase of Cats. I was in school. You were young. I was young. I didn't know. We all play around. (laughs) didn't know any better. (laughs) Yeah, so Chicago knocked it off its pedestal as the longest American um, musical, which is fantastic because this Phantom of the Opera and Les Miserables and all of those ones that kind of give it a run for its money. But I think my favourite fact about Chicago as a show is that it's all based on truth. So in the 20s, I think 1926, um, there was a reporter who worked for a local newspaper, Maureen Dallas Watkins, who's credited on the front of the script. And she went and interviewed a bunch of um, women at the jail to find out, you know, why they were there and found it as a really interesting story. And the guy who owned a newspaper is like, this is a waste of time. We don't want to hear about women. Don't do that. Don't focus on them. Focus on something else. And she's like, well, nah, <laughs> this is really interesting. Um, so she started writing down all their stories and interviewing them. And she ended up writing a play about Chicago and then um it was this this play that didn't really do anything and in uh like the early mid-70s Gwen Verdon who was married to Bob Fosse said turn this into a musical and make me Roxy Hart please and so he was like okay but it's it's the typical woman married to someone as incredible as she is to say 
this is the perfect role for me. It's the perfect show for you. Let's join forces and put the show on. And I think that's fantastic. <laughs> well, for those who aren't familiar with Chicago, I'll just go into a quick recount of it. So it's set in 1920 Chicago. Um, and as you said, it's based on those real life murders and those real life trials, which is fascinating. So it follows Roxy Hart. So she's a wannabe sort of vaudevillian star. Uh, murders her lover and is arrested. And then despite her attempts to convince her pushover husband, Amos, um, to lie for her, she goes to jail. And then in the jail, we meet our other um, famous actress in the jail, Velma Kelly. So that's uh, Roxy's hero. She's a double murderess, um, nightclub performer. And then they have the same lawyer, the very lustful Billy Flynn, and they come kind of like to this contentious... Uh, head-to-head fight for the spotlight. So it is a it's a very unique story. It, it makes for a vaudeville, I think. Yes, yeah, it's the, the classic leading ladies competing for the spotlight story. <laughs> and, I, and it's funny, when it first started, it was very um, Brechtian in its style, which is one of my favourite styles of theatre. So Brechtian theatre uh, by Bertolt Brecht. Um, and if I go way back to my HSC drama where I use this word over and over again, uses the... I'm thrown way back into 2004 and 5 here. I know, just, oh, terrible. Uh, the Fremsdung effect was what he named it. And it's basically the dropping of the fourth war and making everything, uh, everyone in the audience aware that they're watching a musical or they're watching a play um, in order to get through a message. And for Chicago, mm. it's this really cynical, kind of subversive exploit of American cultural... Um, and how we view celebrities, I think. Yeah. And that's what it started as. And I think it's kind of continued throughout history. Oh, for sure, for sure. Even how obsessed people get with serial killer documentaries these days. Mm. Um, the, the Manson clan back in the day, people were following the Manson family around. And, you know, I think it's it's always that um, obsession with people who are in the spotlight, no matter what reason they're in the spotlight for. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. I'm, I'm a weird serial killer person as well. So, well, I like, personally, I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a serial killer fan. Excellent. <laughs> serial killer fan. Clear that up. Just, just for any police who are listening. <laughs> so continuing the journey of Chicago, it then came to mm-hmm. Australia after the West End. Uh, it came to Australia in 1981 to the Sydney Opera House where we had the incomparable Nancy Hayes as Roxy Hart. Love her. Love her so much. Yep. She's such a sweetie. Then Geraldine Turner as Velma Kelly, Terence Donovan as Billy Flynn. And this was a new production, not like a replica of the original Broadway mm. one, but not quite the the revival either. So obviously I wasn't alive then, so I didn't get to see it. But Neither. No, no. <laughs> but it would have been interesting to see Nancy Hayes as Roxy Hart. She would have been phenomenal. It would have been. It would have been. I, don't, I think I, I would have watched Play School a whole lot differently. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then obviously the most famous version of Chicago would be the film, which yes. is one of my favourite films. It is so well done, and I think it's one mm-hmm. of those. It really brings in the Brechtian style to the film. I love the film. Yeah. I think I was in high school when the film came out, and that was my first introduction to Chicago as well. Right. Um, and I'm obsessed with um, Catherine Peter Jones and Renee Zellweger. I think they are stunning. But the story straight away, I, I love jazz music. I think jazz is one of the best best styles of music ever. Um, and the, the dancing, and it was sort of in my 
getting into musical theatre phase as well. And I just became obsessed with the musical. I think I saw the movie probably three or four times at the cinema with my friend to the point where we'd quiz each other and like sing little parts of it and be like, where's this part? Like, oh. Tell me which scene this is in. And it was like almost the, like the backing music and under dialogue that we'd start singing to each other. It's like weird obsession. And I kind of took the film as gospel and didn't realise just how different it was to the stage show. Mm. So when I saw, I saw, first saw the stage show, I think it was 2008, eight or nine at um, the Lyric Theatre with Caroline O'Connor and Gina Riley from Kath and Kim okay. as Matron Mama Morton, who was just amazing. And I kind of didn't realise just how different the, the musical was. And I was like, this is wrong. This doesn't happen. And I think that's kind of the downfall of of a movie musical because they change little things to keep an audience on side without thinking about how it affects then the show itself. I had the, a similar experience because I, I loved the film and then I saw um, it on Broadway when I when I visited in 2018 or 17 actually um, and I had the same sort of experience. I was like, this is nothing like the film. Whoa, like mine kind of blown. Um but I think it, it, it is important to have those aspects, those Brechtian styles, the vaudevillian styles in there because it, it makes it different. And that's that's why we go to theatre. We love theatre, you know, because it has that live experience. Yeah, it makes you forget about the real world for a moment even when you are watching a show about the real world at one point in time. <laughs> so I'll, I'll get to the revival because this kind of ties into soap opera. Mm-hmm. So the Broadway revival uh, premiered in 1996 and this was directed by Walter Bobby um, with choreography as uh, they quoted that they had choreography in the style of Bob Fosse, um, not like Bob Fosse choreography, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah. And in this production, you had Anne Rankin as Roxy Hart, B.B. Newworth as Velma Kelly, James Norton as Billy Flynn. Now, this one smashed all the records. This It won six Tony Awards, which was more than any other revival in Broadway history until South Pacific came along and it won one more um, in 2008. And then it stayed on Broadway ever since. Now, mm. it's played to over 9,000. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply performances i don't know uh what date exactly i got that figure from but that in itself is incredible insane over the years they've gotten names in to play each of the roles so yes they have when i was um the first time i ever went to new york i i'm not the kind of theater person that spends my whole time in broadway shows when i'm in new york i'm a big sightseer and i only saw one show but it was in chicago but while i was there it was mel b 
that was yes. on as Roxy. And I was like, oh, I don't want to <laughs> see a Spice Girl playing Roxy. That's the weirdest thing ever. Um, and then it's been Ashley Simpson. And there's just been some really weird choices. Yeah, real like kind of star vehicle. Like it's obviously a big ticket seller idea to get people in. So oh, actually on that, uh, other people that have been in the show, um, people like Patrick Swayze was in it. Yes. Uh, Brooke Shields, Todrick Hoare, like you said, Ashley Simpson, Sophia Vergara yes. um, has been in it as I well. I can't even imagine her in that show when I she can't ever drop her own accent <laughs> I'd love I'd just be I'd just go just to see that um, and there they go marketing's got me yeah um, and then currently James Monroe Iglehart or Inglehart I always forget how to pronounce his name currently playing Billy Flynn on Broadway and he was obviously the genie in Aladdin yes. uh won the Tony he's such a charismatic performer so I, I could see him as Billy yeah yeah I'd love to hear what octave he kind of sends some of those songs into mm, um yeah. <laughs> whereas he's got such a deep go. like resonating voice doesn't yeah, he yeah yeah so that ties me into the chicago revival your revival sorry yes. you first staged it at the illawarra performing arts center in 2017 and you sold out congratulations well thank done. you thank you it was sort of um it was our first attempt at doing a second show of the year. So up until then, we'd only ever done one big musical in the January season. And then the rest of the year, we'd spend going, huh, and then recasting and, and redoing it from there. And so this was the first time we just closed Beauty and the Beast. We auditioned um, Chicago the week after Beauty and the Beast in February. And then we put Chicago on in May. So it was our first run the gauntlet. Let's see if we can get this thing together in time attempt at this show. And we, as soon as we started, even the audition process, we knew that we would find something incredible in it. Um, a good friend of, of mine who I actually met just by auditioning for producers for us was John Michael Maris, um, Lee Burden. Um, he has performed professionally in the Fosse style. So straight away, we had somebody who is so deeply rooted in Fosse that he is able to pass on the knowledge to everybody else. Mm. So he joined forces with, with Tegan Hunsdale, who in her own right is one of the most incredible dancers and choreographers that you ever see. And so both of them joined together just immediately. The dancing level was just through the roof, which for me as a, a dance fan and cannot dance for the life of me, <laughs> gets very excited about. And it was, you know, we went throughout the day and these two incredible women came into the room, which is Allegra Wilson, nuts, and Anastasia Feneri, who both auditioned for Velma and Roxy. And the second they started singing, you just, you couldn't write anything. You couldn't do anything but watch them. And it's, I think it's that magnetism for each of those characters that they need to just have in them. And the second they started performing, I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just done. These two are perfect. And, and it's it's been so nice to to get them both back for the revival as well. But we ended up with this, such a strong ensemble of people um, from all the way from Velma and Roxy through to Billy, Mama, Amos, um, Mary Sunshine, and then all the way through to the ensemble as well. There's no weak link in the show. And it's I think that's what makes a great show is when everyone pulls their own weight and everyone is bringing something to the team that someone else can't. And it's just, it just keeps this beautiful balance of artistry and technique and just pure talent. Yeah. I think that's that was the first time we kind of really hit it on the head. soap opera um let's go back to the beginning of soap opera mm-hmm. so where did it begin why well 
Where did it begin is my question. And why did you want to start your own production company? Peter, my brother, Peter Copeland, who musical directs our shows. He's one of the original founding members, along with Danny Condon, who has starred in some of our shows, who's written his own shows, now has moved to Melbourne and is, you know, Melbourne's Tim Minchin at the moment <laughs> on Facebook. And um, one of their university friends, Mikhail Monk. So the three of them were studying similar degrees at uni Um, saw a massive hole, especially in the uni kind of scene for a production company to allow people to come and just put on showcases or show their work or write a musical and try it out. So they said, well, let's start this thing. Um, We'll give it a hilarious name like soap opera um, because it's a funny pun. And it's kind of, they have a definition that it's a, a fusion of like classical and modern styles. And so they kind of started that. Danny had written his own show, A Grave Affair, um, which was staged uh, 2008. And he said, look, I need someone to direct it because I'm on stage with it. It's my show, but I play the music and I can't see what's happening. So you've just done this degree. Do you want to direct the show? And I said, like, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to give it a go. And we put that show on at the old Gordon Theatre, the Bruce Gordon Theatre at the iPad um, in 2008, which was so much fun. It's the craziest show ever. I'd love to get my hands on a copy of it just to re-watch it and the following year decided to do the last five years which is the two-person beautiful beautiful Jason Robert Brown show which was kind of my first attempt at doing a licensed show um not one that I could say to the person who wrote it hey this doesn't make sense or did you realize that the person that you've got making out this person's the brother of this person um so it was the first time I had to follow someone else's stuff and, right. and give give that a go and loved it. I absolutely loved that challenge so much. And then after that, um, Danny McCall Pete went separate ways and so probably just had sat there for a few years. I went and saw Avenue Q um, at the State Theatre. The old oh, no, Love it was it. at Theatre Royal. Theatre Royal, like before it closed down. Okay, and went right. That's the best show I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I had to do the show. And then a few years later, um, saw the rights available on Hal Leonard and I rang Pete and said, What's soap opera doing? is it a thing? Is it still registered? He's like, oh, it's still registered, um, but we're not doing anything with it. And so we, we contacted Danny and Mikhail and said, look, do you mind if we take it and re-register it and rebrand it? And they're like, yeah, 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 that's great. That's fine. So we did. So I kind of hijacked the thing that they started and put on Avenue Q, which turned out to, to be decent. And so we did it again because I was like, I don't know what else to do. Let's do it again. <laughs> so we did it again. <laughs> and then um, after that, people go, well, what's next? What are you doing next? Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I didn't think that far ahead. So followed it with Little Shop of Horrors, which got new people in. And that's, well, what are you doing next? Like, the producers? <laughs> because as so you do, good. the third show you attempt, right? Yeah, The third course, show you ever attempt is One a of the Mel biggest Brooks. shows ever. Yeah, the biggest Mel Brooks spectacular ever. And that was the first time that I was terrified and went, yeah, I'm in over my head. This is absolutely terrifying. And this this man wearing a scarf walked into the audition room who was Scott Radburn. And I was terrified of this man. And he had so ingrained himself into Max Bialy's stuff that he was doing the reading, leaning over the, the casting table with a pocket watch, got TikTok, TikTok in my face as me as Leo Bloom reading with him, just so overwhelmed. And that was my first introduction to Scott Redburn. Excellent. Um, yeah. And so once we did that, it, it was nice because that was our first ever sold out, what, like we sold out closing night, I think. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's always a really nice thing to have people say, what are you doing next? Well, I have like, I've seen some of your productions and I guess the only way I can sum up soap opera is that you bring Broadway to the Illawarra. Oh, thank you. That's, that's like your thing. 
And I think it's a beautiful thing that soap opera does. Now, getting controversial, what would you say about the idea that you, your, a lot of your productions borrow a lot from the Broadway productions? And why is it important to bring Broadway-level style spectaculars to the Illawarra? Well, I think that's just my my and Peter's and Tina's personal choice. We see a show and love it for what we see it as. And then when we apply for the rights to it, you're applying for the rights to the production and it will dictate in those rights what you can and can't do. And there's a lot of time, like with Beauty and the Beast, you're not allowed to copy 100% um, Belle's costume. You must change 10% of it. So we do. But it's, uh, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. It, it might look like it's close to Broadway, but half of the Beauty and the Beast castle was made out of styrofoam, um, you know? And so like some things are... Are literally plastic cups that are painted um mm. our our airplane and singing in the rain was two pieces of mega deck stacked on top of each other with a working propeller and it looked like a plane yeah uh, it's 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 very much there's still a lot of community theater elements in it but we're just we try and hide it the best as possible exactly um, <laughs> to make it look better than it really is and you know it's if people say you know it, it's too close to broadway or you know you're just copying broadway that's actually that's a huge compliment it to is us. a compliment to say like oh yeah amy just um copies broadway is like exactly like that you know how hard that is to do you know in the lor the people who build our sets is my father my mother me and then some of our, our friends that come to the workshop we pulled apart um some of the chicago set the other day that we still have and i flipped it over and it's got the beauty and the beast marble on the back of it it's beautiful like we, i love we it literally re- like recycle everything from show to show there's always going to be people that want to tear you down or gossip or talk about you if people are talking about you then you're doing something right um in my eyes and yes, if, if people want to talk then talk but at the end of the day, I'm just doing something just I love. Just talk loudly enough that other people <laughs> can hear you so then you can buy tickets to your show. <laughs> Let's talk about bringing Chicago yeah. back. So you, you why, why did you want to bring this one back? This has been one of the shows that the cast will always just... Because we, we run all of our shows through casting crew groups on Facebook, like everyone does. Easiest way to communicate. And every year we'd get a, uh, memories that shows on and they, the cast would start poking me and being like, hello, let's, let's do it again. Woo, let's ring out. Kind of joking. Um, and every year on uh, April Fool's Day, I'd post and be like, guess what? We're doing the show again. No, we're not. Oh, do you? Um, <laughs> such a tease. <laughs> we love doing what we do. Like I, I can't see my life without doing shows all the time. Let's remount something just to, it's easy to set up. It's easy to put on, we know what we're doing and we can hopefully just put this beautiful thing on stage and get people to come to it. That we, we already have the set. We already have the costumes. We don't have to outlay as many costs to kind yeah. of kickstart ourselves again. The people are coming back who are still talented, if not more talented. The music, everyone loves big band swing chicago jazz everyone loves that and i feel like the cast deserve it after the amount of years of me tricking them (laughs) i think the first when we actually said look you know here we go it's it's gonna happen and luckily we've we've only had to replace three people in the entire show um yeah and it's two two male dancers who we've got um zach gladwell who was in our ensemble with greece and um max everett who is a dancer for the new student and they are just bringing, you know, all the bendy, 
like really flexible stuff to the <laughs> to the team and we've got um katrina ralph who is like the female version of just fossy dancing she's uh, disgusting to watch <laughs> in, the, in the best possible way um you know she did a she did something at the first rehearsal just to demonstrate and you heard people audibly gasp and someone yeah. was like oh, that's stunning like and to watch her is, is a treat so to have her in the show has elevated the whole thing even more cast are just next level um people like Anne Marie Fanning is is just back belting her lungs out going you know what I own this song so I'm going to change it up and sing like some different trills and belted her heart out on Sunday and I just love Anne Marie this is a little just a little shout out to Anne Marie Fanning she's oh my gosh gem of a human being I love her so much yeah the nicest human being in the world most humble person and so talented you can just see people are happy to be doing it again not only doing the show again but performing and doing theater and i think it's the perfect show to to bring us back from COVID because it's like here's theater (laughs) enjoy um in the best possible way so where can we uh where can we book tickets you can book tickets um either through the marigold website or ipac.org.au just search for chicago um, or you can head to any of these soap opera production socials. We've only got Facebook and Instagram because I don't know how to use Twitter. Um, no one cares about Twitter. So go to either of those socials and you'll see a bit link on there for tickets. So we're on from March 29 to April 3. There's eight shows only. We do open on a Tuesday just to spice things up a little bit. Um, but eight shows only, and please don't miss it. It's it's going to be a sight for the senses, that's for sure. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for jumping on the podcast. It's been a real treat having you um, and having your perspective on theatre. No worries. I hope I didn't drivel on too much. <laughs> so, All right, we'll cut you. it in post. <laughs> Great, I love that. Please do. You'll be like, hi, this is Amy, and buy tickets. <laughs> the end a massive thank you to amy copeland for joining us on today's podcast you can find all things soap opera on instagram by searching soap opera underscore productions or on their website soapoperaproductions.com live on our website now is theater thoughts new monthly feature cheap thrills Our editor Charlotte's top picks for those of us who can't afford to see or who may have had enough of seeing another commercial musical. From festival plays such as Fledgling by Lily Heyman, Big Thick Energy with Demon Derriere and Orange Thorough by Kirsty Marillier, each month Charlotte gives you a quick rundown on all the most affordable pieces of theatre available for those on a budget. Head to our website now to read what Charlotte suggests. And for those in Melbourne, have you ever looked at your life and wondered, what if? or considered how things might have been different if it hadn't been for one small moment that changed everything. Theatrical's new musical, If Then, asked just this. Playing this March 4th to the 12th at Chapel Off Chapel, tickets and information via our website. Well, that's all the time we have left here on the Theatre Thoughts podcast. Now we have a question to ask of you, our listeners. We have a survey on our website that we would love for you to take part in. This short survey will act as feedback for us on what we're doing well, what you're loving listening to, as well as what we could do better in future podcasts and what sorts of topics you would like us to discuss. To take part in this quick survey, head to our website, theatrethoughtsaus.online forward slash podcasts. That's theatrethoughtsaus.online forward slash podcasts. Thank you so much again for streaming this episode and we'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.